Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is finding hope. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on the running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Llewellyn, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so in addition to all that is going on in the world these days, mm. which is a lot, mm-hmm. Central is starting to ask some very hard questions about what direction it wants to go, specifically with its building. Which we've technically been talking about for, for like the entire time. 10 years of my ministry. But I think here in 2023, which is when we're recording this podcast, we are in the next critical phase of the same old, do we stay or do we go now chorus? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, indeed. So specifically for those of us in the congregation, and less specifically for anybody else listening, looking for their own lives, how do you find hope in days like these? And let's be clear that I think that when we're talking about this, we're talking as much about transition. Okay. Right? Because that's, I think, what we're talking about in the congregation is we're talking about transition and we're talking about change. Mm -hmm. Because no matter what happens, whether we stay, whether we go, whether we, I don't know, whether the second coming arrives, we're talking about transition and change. And so that's how this applies across the board beyond our congregational community. Mm Mm-hmm is that we're talking about finding hope in the midst of major changes. And I think that in times of climate crisis, in times of social upheaval, in times of reckoning with racism, in times of the queer community facing such incredibly difficult challenges, in all of these things, we are finding ourselves in incredible transition and change. And so finding hope through those things is a critical skill. And that's what it is. It's a skill. Mm -hmm. There's an internet meme and internet, you know, piece out there that is hope is not some delicate flower beauty woman. Hope is a boxer pulling herself up off the mat, wiping the blood off her face and scraping the dirt off her knuckles, ready to go one more round like this image of this rough and tumble kind of scrappy individual. Sure. Kind of like the one that's fragile, not like a flower, but fragile like a bomb. Yes, exactly. From the justice, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, totally. This idea of hope being something that is strong and powerful, not just delicate. It can be both, but is incredibly strong. Hope is a product of resiliency or resiliency goes hand in hand with hope. Okay. Folks may remember when we talked about doing the Christmas pageant, it was the Christmas pageant of hope. Mm -hmm. And we can refer back to that if you would like to learn more about what that was. We did this particularly during the pandemic years where we created a script for a Christmas pageant that built itself very, very particularly. I wrote a curriculum very specifically around curating and building skills around hope and resiliency for children and families. And there's both a Christmas 
curriculum and an Easter curriculum to then have children and families film the Christmas narrative and the Easter passion story in order to explore those two high holy stories while building skills of hope and resiliency. Because this kind of a skill, particularly in times of challenge and transition, is critical. So how do we do it? Yeah. What do you mean by a skill instead of, say, an outlook? Like the glass is half full versus the glass is half empty, you know, a positive or a negative look on things. Yeah. It's not just something that you're either born with or you're born without. Being a hopeful person or having a hopeful outlook is not something that you just innately have or don't have. Hope is something that you can actually hone and craft and work on and choose. We choose hope. We choose to work on this. So we work and find our way to hope through a multitude of different skills. Okay. One of them is storytelling. We tell stories that connect us back to people who have done a hard thing before us and have been successful at that hard thing and have overcome that hard thing in order to show ourselves that we too can do a hard thing and overcome that hard thing and be successful at that hard thing. So this is often where either family stories come in. Often this is where faith stories come in. Okay. Where we will retell our faith stories, connect ourselves back to our faith stories, stories of our ancestors, stories of those who've gone before us in order to show how we can be resilient. We can do a hard thing. This hard thing has been done. We can do it again. A great example of this is any time the family might tell a story of, well, remember when Janie broke her leg when she was five? Oh, yeah, I remember when Jane broke her leg when she was five. Yes. And what did she do? Well, she had so many weeks where she was in a cast. But then what did she do? Well, she did exercises. Yes, she spent an entire summer where she would run back and forth across the lawn. Yes, she ran back and forth across the lawn. And then what did she do? Right? And the family almost has like a call and response telling the story of how Jane healed from the broken leg and became strong again. So that when Jane's child breaks their leg, that story gets told and that child knows, oh, well, my parent broke a leg and this is the story that happens. I have hope because I know the story of how a broken leg heals and I can hope that I'm going to spend time running back and forth across a yard and I'm going to have a strong leg again. And that builds hope through storytelling okay, and through that connection with history and with family, with ancestors, with those who've done it before, and with that continued recognition of not being alone, of being connected. Okay. So faith stories, storytelling, ancestor stories, those are all parts of building hope and resiliency. So that's one of those hope skills that we intentionally built in one of those ways that you can build hope. Okay. 
Got another one? Yeah. So another way to build hope, to work on that hope skill is genuinely prayer. So that opportunity to either ask for the thing that you are desiring and future cast it, to talk about the thing that you are wanting to see happen and to imagine it forward. And so when you are praying to the divine, when you're speaking the words into existence, then you are setting that forward. You are creating it. You are praying for it. If you are not someone who feels comfortable with prayer, perhaps you are someone who might meditate on it. Prayer and meditation are different, but they set us kind of in that same place. Our heart rate slows down and our breathing can settle and our actual nervous system and the autonomic nervous system kind of settle down a little bit. Mm -hmm. So with our bodies a little bit calmer, we can find that place within us to imagine a different way for the world or for things to be. And whether we're meditating and imagining that different way for the world to be, or whether we are praying for a different way for the world to be, or whether we are simply imagining the different way for the world to be, being able to do that sets a vision forward creates that opportunity to then have something different than what we are experiencing now, that future casting, that is another hope provider. When you find that you cannot imagine a different way than what you are living now, Mm -hmm. that is a feeling of hopelessness. Yes. Right? And that's part of when you need to come into community Because someone else within the whole community will have the capacity, perhaps, to be the future caster, to be the storyteller, because we don't always have that capacity within us to be able to see a future that is different than the one we are currently living. And so that's where community comes into this. But to be able to find that way to imagining different, to praying for a different way of being to meditate on that new way of being that is different, better, kinder, gentler, hopeful. If I'm getting stuck in my fear of the climate crisis, one of the things I might do is I might take a moment to go online and Google solar punk imagery. Okay. Because I find it so hopeful to view the art that artists have created that is filled with solar-powered energy and beautiful clothing and that is created in this solar punk aesthetic. It's like if you take steampunk, Mm -hmm. but where steampunk is like... You swap out a solar cell for your steam engine, basically? Yeah! Okay. And solar punk is more art deco. Okay. And it's just gorgeous, right? It's just a beautiful aesthetic. So the color palette is a little more watercolor Mm -hmm. and it's just bright and sunny and beautiful and hopeful. And there's so many plants everywhere. There's so much greenery and it just gives me this feeling of like, okay, maybe we can do this, right? I can imagine a world where... The sun and the plants are winning 
I'm glad you brought up social media because I was kind of curious where you would go with that because there is so much in the news about how it is so terrible for so many people, but it can actually be used. You can use its power for good and not evil. You totally can. You just have to be aware of when you start hitting a downward spiral. And be wary of it and be careful and all the things. It's with any substance, right? Moderation sure. is the key on that. Use it to bring you hope, not purpose. Okay. Right? Just like anything. Like when my tea in the morning becomes my purpose instead of my enjoyment, I need to watch out for that. Okay. That's when it's becoming an addiction more than it's becoming something that brings joy. So that's always our balance with substances or anything. And so I think with hope, again, one of the major bringers of hope is tapping into faith practices, tapping into those places where we access our faith practices. I did research on this specifically because I saw an individual being, this was in like mid to late 2020, right at the being mm-hmm. part of that height of one of the big first waves of the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm-hmm. And one of the late night hosts asked the guest, you know, can't you give us some kind of hope? And I think this was around anti-racism. And the individual said, no, if you want hope, you ask your pastor for that. Like, huh. I'm here to convict you. You know, if you want hope, ask your pastor. And here I am sitting there as the pastor, like wanting an answer for some hope. Thank you, please. Sure. And I'm like, wait a minute. They want to ask me for an answer on that? I don't have an answer for hope. And so I went like Googling and researching, how do you build hope? Sure. What are actual building block steps of building hope and resiliency? And faith is one of them. And I think that is a challenge in a time when faith practices are becoming less and less normal within our culture and within the generations to come. Yeah. Having the stories to tell one another and having the rituals to connect with, having the community to reach out to. These are all pieces that help to ground and build hope practices. I think that there are ways to engage those practices in general. And faith communities have them built in. And I think that that is part of why faith communities are places where people find hope. Sure. Do you look for hope in the readings each week as something to actively preach on in your sermons, especially these days? Absolutely. And I think that's part of saying that I preach the good news. Sure. Right? Is that there is a Lutheran thing that we preach law and gospel. And gospel means good news, that we take the time to kind of convict you and to encourage you. 
that we're looking to make certain that you know there is a challenge to the work and that you have hope that you can do the work. I find that depending upon what's going on in the world, many of us feel the challenge most days of the week. And so I try to make certain that there is some kind of hope somewhere. If I don't get to enough hope within the sermon, I always end the prayers of the people on hope. Sure. I default to it. And I default to it because I think that right now in our culture, many of us are at a point where we are feeling overwhelmed and uh, not helpless, but, but perhaps, mm-hmm. perhaps helpless. Mm-hmm. And maybe there are some on the edge of hopeless. And so I want us to approach the communion table with a fresh helping of how are we seeing that God is still with us in this week? And let's remember we're not alone because that's another hope tool, mm-hmm. right? Knowing that we are connected to one another, to the world, to the divine. We are connected. We are not left alone. We are not stranded. We are okay. Let's keep moving. We are together and we're going to do these things together. Do you have different advice for people on finding hope given whatever age you happen to be talking to or people in different circumstances? Somewhat. Yeah. The tools are a little bit different. How you say them is a little bit different. And that makes sense. You're going to tailor to your audience. Yeah. And to age, right? So how you ask a four-year-old, for example, what's a story when you felt like you knew that God loved you, Mm -hmm. right? Or asking an adult, when was a time where you felt challenged by the authorities, but knew that you were doing the right thing in spite of that, because this was what God would wish for you to do for God's world, Mm -hmm. right? Like much more complex question, but it would be much more age appropriate. And in circumstance, I wouldn't ask people who are not God people. Sure. God questions. They might be the same kind of topic. I might ask a storytelling question. I just might not bring God into it. Mm -hmm. But I'll use the same type of skill or the same type of, you know, hope thing. So I'll just go back to storytelling, for example, and say, well, when was the time where you've heard a story about that? And maybe I know they're really into Disney. And I'll pull a story from Disney that tells the same story. Or maybe I know they're really into Star Wars or Star Trek, right? Like Mm -hmm. find someone's story that they relate to and help help them recognize it as a hope tool. We meet people where they are. That's not heretical. That is meeting someone where they are and sharing good news with them. That makes sense. Okay, that's going to lead me to my last question. When do you find that hope is the hardest to preach? Is there Mm. a specific time of year or when there happens to be really terrible news coming out of the world? Mm -hmm. It's when I don't have it. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. It's more personal than all that, huh? Yeah. Because when I don't have it, when I am tired, when I don't have hope, when I can't see the future, when I am lost and need to remember the stories, then it is so hard 
to be the one standing in front of everyone and trying to remind people of it all, right? Mm -hmm. When I am that one who is lost in the midst of it and need to do the work to come back and find the hope and find the story and find the peace, that's when it's the hardest to preach hope to people is when I have lost my own. And for me, that's when I lean into the lament psalms. That's part of why I love them so much. Sure. Is because I find them so personally useful. That's where I go to find the story again. That's where I go to lean back into the story, into the arms of the story, and remember that this is the story that has been for thousands of years It will be the story for thousands more. I'm not alone. My anger, my sadness, my rage, the inexhaustibility of broken systems, all of these things, yet God's love will always be there. And I can always trust in that. And God's people can trust in that. And there will be a way. And then I can find another psalm that will tell me the vision of what can be, of the world and the way and how it can be. And I can lean into the promises of a world as it can be and the rejoicing of the world as it can be and why I do what I do and who I do it for and the glory and the hope of it. And I find hope again and I get up and I try it again. Excellent. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about finding hope. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And thank you all for listening along. Thank you for daring to be hopeful. And if you do not have hope today, I encourage you to try something that you've heard in this podcast that might have sparked a little curiosity in you. And if you'd like reach out to us. Let us know how it went. You can reach us at podcast at centralportland.org. And until you hear from us again, remember, God loves you no matter what.